Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. It's Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. All you Valley sports fans. I got that in from a man, Vic, who's on vacation still. Welcome to Tuesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. I am Vince Murata. Tim Ring in for Bick again today. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Vinny. Sarah, uh, Sarah and Jared here uh, as well. Good morning to the whole crew. Yes, yes. I'm always happy to be here. Dan Bickley still employed. Still employed. Still employed. Did still you in, still enjoying that? vacation? Still on vacation. I did not confirm it. I mean, he's on assignment. I would text him, but I would say he probably won't text me back. (laughs) Even when he's not on vacation. Because he's on vacation or because it's a Tuesday? Well, you you figure that one out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not a big texter, that Dan Bickley. Can I... Can I vent a little bit to start Please. the show? Or are you gonna tell me a that Luka, vent. you gonna tell me that Luka Doncic still isn't good? I never <laughs> said he wasn't good. Uh, yeah, you you, you kind of said he was overrated. I don't know. You I don't recall no, it that way. No, I don't know. I said yesterday the words came out of my mouth. Unbelievable player. I think he wasn't willing to call him the best player in the NBA, but not not good. No. Not a Doncic fan. Come on, Ring. Don't put words in Not my mouth. Not a Doncic fan. No, that is absolutely yeah. true. Okay. I can't stand watching the guy play basketball. Okay. Um, <laughs> but my vent has nothing to do with Luka Doncic. Okay. My vent has... Th- there's some stuff going on in this new Twitter that I am just not down with. Ooh, tell us. Wait a minute, Vinny. Wait a minute. FM, Arizona's sports station. Vinny Vent. Outdated imaging, and I have nothing written, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did this used to be a segment? The Vinny Vent? We tried it once when when Bick was on vacation at 8 o'clock or whenever the midpoint of the show was. I think it was was noon at that that point. Anyway. Uh, But this new Twitter, a couple things going on. Okay. First, they're toying with my self-esteem. Oh, how so? Man. How so? Oh, no. Because, you know, you, you just have these random tweets, and then all of a sudden you're just flooded with these likes from these underwear models from all over Twitter who have like three followers and one picture of their butt on their on their profile. And I'm like, man, I'm popular with this sect on yeah. Twitter. And then you realize, ah, oh, it's not it's not true. Now, what, what do you get, mean it's not true? You're, I, I get all these promoted tweets. From individuals who are not necessarily promoting anything and have like 200 followers. How do you get these bots? Do you guys get... Okay, Tim. Let's... <laughs> I'll tell you after the... Uh, if you want, it can show... Vinny will show you some Google? of his if yeah. you want it. Yes, they do pop up in my likes as well. A, a lot, lot of, I mean, a lot of well, I, what I've noticed... I, I, mine uh, have been recently a flood of religious-related tweets, which is fine, but uh, I mean... Why are these being promoted, and who's promoting them? What I've noticed since the genius took over (laughs) is lots more more tweets on your timeline from people you don't follow. 
that are just because somebody you follow follows this person, you're seeing all their tweets now, too. Yeah. So it's like my timeline is only like half the people I actually follow. Which it's becoming of, Instagram. It defeats the whole purpose of following somebody on Twitter. Indeed it does. Tim, do you have thoughts on this? I get a lot of old tweets. I don't notice what you guys are talking about. Maybe there's different Twitters for different people. <laughs> Clearly, uh, you're not. I, like, I, for I, go on, I go on my timeline, and I'll see a, a, a barrage of tweets from like 16 hours ago, yes. 22 hours ago, 26 hours ago. I, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, I, the butts are not a fan of you. Are you familiar with the I don't have, home I versus can't, latest? I and Yes, I am, Sarah, okay. and I constantly go up there and hit the little diamond to make sure that it's properly clicked on and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it never sticks. It never sticks. Yeah. It I, never sticks. I, I noticed that too, yeah. Jared, I can't put bots in the seats anymore. <laughs> hey Yo! All right, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Maybe people can relate. Maybe the Vinny Vince. Apparently, nobody else could relate. We're the already Vinny getting tweets, around. actually. The Vinny Vince on yes. bo- bots and butts. <laughs> Jared, start this train wreck. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Dallas is not a fun place for the Phoenix Suns these days. The team with the best record in the Western Conference went to Dallas on the second night of back-to-backs and got blitzed 130-111 to in a game that was never really close. Dallas jumped out to a 33-15 lead after one quarter, during which the Suns shot a paltry 27%. The lead grew to as many as 27. Suns never got closer than 16 points in the second half. Luka Doncic. Go ahead. Start your worship, Tim. <laughs> 33.6 rebounds, 8 assists for the Mavericks. That boy good. 23-pointers <laughs> on the night. 20 three-pointers, uh, including five each from Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Dinwiddie. DeAndre Ayton had 20 points to lead the Suns, who are back home at Footprint Center tomorrow night to take on the Boston Celtics in a nationally televised game. Uh, the best in the East against the best in the West, record-wise. Then they're on the road for four games, including back-to-backs against uh, New Orleans, the second-best team in the West. So, really tough stretch of schedule here for the Suns. Uh, it was disappointing last night, Vinny. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, it, the, not that they lost the game, the fact that it was Never a game. No, that's not what you. That's not what you wanted to see. Yeah, it, it's it's early December, but we can't backtrack now because we went into the game saying, "Hey, this is a litmus test. Mm-hmm. This is Booker versus Luca. This is the Mavericks. This is revenge. This is okay. Let's match up against these guys on the road. See what we got." Yep. And they and they took it to the Suns, and this was never a ball game after a a very dismal first quarter by Phoenix. Yeah, we'll have a lot on the Suns' loss to the Mavericks, and looking ahead to that Boston game. Uh, Tom. Brady threw two touchdown passes in the final three minutes, including a six-yard strike to former Sun Devil Rashad White. Three seconds to go to give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers an improbable 17-16 win over the Saints on Monday Night Football. The Bucs had mustered only a field goal on their first drive of the game, then went pointless for eight straight possessions before the uh, final two touchdowns. Bucks now 6-6 six and six atop the NFC South with five games to play. New Orleans falls to 4-9. and nine. Elsewhere in the NFC South, Carolina waving. 
quarterback Baker Mayfield at his request. He was traded to Carolina by Cleveland over the summer, started six games, but completed just 57% of his passes, and the Panthers went 1-5 and five in his six starts. So where's the next stop for Bakes? A lot of people speculating the 49ers right after that move was made, but the more you read, the more you hear, maybe that's not a fit. Yeah, we'll see. For the 49ers. I think Baker he'll land Mayfield. somewhere. It'll be interesting because there's only five weeks left. I mean, the 49ers have the most pressing need right now, but Kyle Shanahan came out and said yesterday, we, we like what we have. We'll get into those possibilities today as well. Uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson week to week with a knee injury that forced him out of Sunday's 10-9 win over the Broncos. Head coach John Harbaugh did not totally rule out Jackson playing against Pittsburgh on Sunday. If he can't go, Tyler Huntley will get the start for the Ravens. The Jets are sticking with Mike White as their starter for this week's game against the Bills. Joe Flacco will be the backup and Zach Wilson remains on the inactive list. <laughs> so drafters remorse already in uh, New York. That's a steep fall for young Zach. Yes, it is. I mean, they, how many times in the last decade did they think they had their franchise quarterback, Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, Zach and then Wilson. Zach Wilson, and none of them last more than like three or four years. And they might have, they might have their franchise quarterback in Mike White. Uh, the transfer portal in college football is open. Heck, it's wide open. On the first day of activity, ASU running back Daniel Angada, offensive lineman Ladarius Henderson, defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott, and kicker Jace Feely hit the portal. Devils got a commitment from Wisconsin defensive end Tristan Monday. Uh, he played his high school ball at Saguaro, did not play for the Badgers, but he's headed home. Down in Tucson, wide receiver Dorian Singer had over 1,000 yards for the Wildcats, is in the portal, as is safety Jackson Turner and a number of others. Singer also tweeted that he's already received an offer from ASU along with Miami and Utah. Interesting to note, he played his high school ball at Pinnacle. Oh, portal combat's already underway, Is, th- is that another byproduct coming that you could have... Transfer portal guys playing on both sides of a rivalry? I think anything's possible now. We'll get into that today. Uh, around the country, quarterback Clemson quarterback uh, DJ Uyunglele has entered the portal just days after he was benched in the Tigers' 39-10 win over North Carolina in the ACC championship game. Big name. Not a very good No, he, he was benched maybe like three different times this year. Yeah, he was, but he did games. get benched in the ACC championship game. The four finalists that will be in attendance. I don't... I, I mistakenly read something on the splash late last week about the Heisman finalist. I don't know where it came from. I apologize for that. Because now the finalists are out there. We know who's going to be in New York. Georgia's Stetson Bennett, TCU's Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, and USC's Caleb Williams. One of the weakest classes ever. Yes. I'll ask a question here. Why is Stetson Bennett there? <laughs> because he got no votes. Ugh. I mean, Stetson Bennett I was gonna say is the they president needed... of the collegiate punchable face. I was going to say because they needed four, but they don't need four. They don't right? need they can have as many as they want. Yep. yep. Uh, Coyotes fell on the road in Calgary to the Flames 3-2. Nazem Kadri broke a 2-2 tie in the third with a Calgary goal at 15-42 to hand the uh, Yotes the loss. Fifth straight, ninth in their last ten this Marathon 14-game stretch away from home ends tomorrow night in Edmonton against the Oilers. Then it's a real-life home game at Mullet Arena on Friday. Wouldn't you know it? It's the best team in ta- in the league coming to town in the Boston Bruins. Oh, that, that means it'll sell out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bold prediction by Tim Bold Ray. prediction. Uh, the baseball hot stove got red hot on Monday. The Philadelphia Phillies inking free agent shortstop Trey Turner to an 11-year, $300 million deal. He'll be like four. 41 at the end of that deal. 
Uh, the New York Mets bounced back from losing Jacob DeGrom to the Rangers over the weekend by signing reigning American League Cy Young winner Justin Verlander to a two-year, $86 million contract with an option for a third year. I don't think Verlander's going to need to work after he retires. He you won't think so? No, he's not going to need to sell Him cars. Him and Max Scherzer are yeah. combined like 80 years old and making a combined $90 million a year. Dude, you think, you think Justin and Kate are just going to retire to the ranch? I think they're going to be up? they're yeah. going to be okay. I mean, yeah. go look at go Google Verlander's career earnings. Yeah, it's first time the winter meetings have really produced a lie in a while. It has. Ridiculous. Uh, and yesterday at the World Cup, Croatia advanced over Japan 3-1 on penalty kicks. Brazil breeze past South Korea 4-1. Today, two more games. Morocco and Spain getting underway at 8. Portugal and Switzerland at noon Arizona time. There is your splash for Tuesday. Coming up, we got to get into the details of uh, the Dallas Mavericks' latest domination of the Phoenix Suns. It's not going to be fun, but we're going to do it anyway. It's Timmering in for uh, Bick today here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Now Luka Doncic lines up a three and knocks it down right over DeAndre Ayton. And Monty Williams has seen enough. He calls timeout. This is a 14-2 Dallas run, and they lead it by 12. Difference of one second between the game clock and the shot clock. Doncic's going to try a step-back three and hit it over Campaign. And then shake his head as he looks at Campaign. Going back on defense. Dinwiddie gives to Wood, left wing. Guarded by Akogi. Turns and faces 15 feet away. Now he's double-teamed by Shamit. Fires it to Dinwiddie for a long three, and he got Got it as the shot clock expires. Spencer Dinwiddie has made five threes tonight on seven tries. He's got 21 points. Oh, the enthusiasm in John Bloom's voice calling the never-ending barrage of three-pointers. It was raining threes in Dallas last night. Just from the Mavericks, by the way, as the uh, Mavericks with an easy win over the uh, Phoenix Suns. Um, in a game, it was one of those games that was never close. 130-111 to 111 was the final score. And it was... Rare in that, you know, in the NBA, you get a big early lead. Most times, a team is going to make a run. There's just too much offensive talent. The game is geared towards runs and, and a team down big coming back and at least getting it down to single digits. The Suns never got within 16 last night. Yeah, it was 16, what, midway through the third. Yeah. And I thought, okay, it's either now or never. Tim Hardaway Jr. came down, hit a three, got it back to 19. I said, okay, that'll do it. That will do it. Let's start here. You mentioned this during the splash. We talked about this yesterday, and you are right. We cannot backtrack from this because we called this a statement game for both teams. The Mavericks have been floundering around 500. The Suns have the best record in the West. Could the Suns go in and beat the Mavericks again, further erasing that playoff memory, or could the Mavericks kind of recapture that playoff magic they had late in the Suns, especially in the games in Dallas? And that's what happened. That's a really good win for the Dallas Mavericks because it was you know, a, a sturdy win that was never in jeopardy. Yes, the Suns are shorthanded, but they've been winning games shorthanded. The Dallas Mavericks, to me, Tim, I don't think Jason Kidd has figured out a lot as a head coach in the NBA. I think he's figured out how to beat the Phoenix Suns. He has. You can't argue with that. Now, 
the Suns had won 10 regular season games in a row. I don't put a lot of stock in that streak after what happened in the postseason. And even that last first year. game of the year, that was like a miracle comeback. Sure, I mean, game. a 22-point lead by, by the Mavericks. This game was kind of lost in the first quarter, guys. I, I, you look at Devin Booker not scoring a single point in the first quarter. I mean, he has not done that in three years. Ke- two, yeah, Kellen Olsen had the exact number of games. 200, 200 games. 202 games, I think, is the number. That is not happened. And they, they shot the ball, uh, the ball poorly. They were down 33-15 after one. Vinny, you're right. Even when you're down by 18 after one, most NBA teams will at some point make a run. But this is a game the Suns were just kind of out of sorts. They got a lot of looks at the rim in the first quarter, and they just didn't knock them down. They didn't finish them. So they were really playing catch-up, and then, then the Mavs kind of got rolling. They were shooting the ball with confidence. Obviously, Doncic is a load. He had a big game. He had 33 points again, right at his average, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he was right at his average across the board, uh, pretty much. 33-8-6 and six in the game. And I don't know what it is about... I don't know if it's it's a product of the Suns' defense and the way they defend these guys. They haven't quite figured it out yet with their switches and their, their defense of the three-point shooters. But I don't know why this is the case, but it's like this, the Mavericks supporting cast, these dudes all turn into Steph Curry when they face the Suns. They do. Because they all spot up. You know why? And they all knock down their corner threes and Luka tees them up and they bury them. And it, this is what we saw in the playoffs last year. It's what we saw last night. We saw it at the season opener. Suns came back. That was the difference. So we didn't care about it as much. But we saw it last night that these guys just knocked down their threes. You know, I thought the Suns buried the Spurs on Sunday mm-hmm. with a barrage of threes, and they did. Yeah. They had 19. And the Mavs had 20 last night. They had one more. They had 24 their game before. Which, you know, we can ask questions about the Suns. Do they have enough three-point shooting moving forward consistently? The Mavs are not going to do that every night. But I remember making the points during the playoff series last year. When the Mavs figured things out, that was their strategy for success. Everybody focused on Luka Doncic. And there wasn't a whole lot of doubling going on. When you say uh, everybody, you mean defensively on the defensively. court. Not all of like the, us focusing on Luka. You're yeah, d- defensively. Yeah. Um, and even, even though there wasn't a lot of double-teaming going on, the Mavericks got wide open three after wide open three. In the second half, there was a stretch, and I watched him. On every offensive possession, Tim Hardaway ran to the right corner. Yeah. Didn't move. And the Mavericks are not a team that shot, shoots the ball early in the shot clock. He would stand there for 20 seconds, catch the ball in the right corner, and have a wide open three. It's very frustrating uh, to see the way that they've unlocked what the Suns are doing. Here was Monty Williams after the game on uh, the subject of trying to contain Luka. It's a, it's a lot tougher. Um, if you go zone, he sees gaps to the paint right away. You're caught in between letting him score 40 or letting him do what he did tonight, get 30 and everybody else get corner threes and, and threes at the, the break. He just had a, a really good rhythm. If you give him the same defense, defense over and over again he figures out a way to to pick it apart and they have guys around the floor that can make shots okay so Hardaway and Dinwiddie combined for 10 threes and you listen to Monty there and it's almost like the the shoulder shrug like Luke is so good if you do this he does that if you do this he does that it's really hard to defend him okay great but they were 11 and 11 (laughs) okay so Mm -hmm. other teams find a way to to beat this team they're they're not they're not unbeatable so do they play very well against the Suns? Do they raise their game against the Suns? Probably. 
Do they deem it as a rivalry? Yes. Does Luca bring his A game? Yes. But it's, it's, statistically, it appears he brings his A game against everybody. He's, he's averaging 33 points a game and eight assists and eight rebounds a game. So the, they've got the Suns number and it has to be figured out. You know, Lord forbid they meet this team in the playoffs again. And I think for the first time last night in a while, Vinny, I mean, the Suns had won seven out of eight. Okay, remember, you know, no Cam Johnson, no Chris Paul, and no Tory Craig. You know, they started Ish Wainwright last night. You know, Ish, Ish isn't really even a part of the regular rotation. No. So he goes from the end of the bench into the starting lineup. In a First mar- start ever, by the way. Yeah, in a marquee matchup. And you know, at some point, that takes its toll on your proficiency as a basketball team. Yeah, it does. Last time it out, does. Dario Saric started. They went with Wainwright last night. Monty uh, Williams explained that. Just the matchups, you know, we didn't want... Doncic putting Dario in, a, in pick and rolls, and you know that's that's one thing they do well is they they find a matchup and they go after it. Um, you look at the score, you look at the scoring. You know, in hindsight, maybe it wasn't the best decision, but those are decisions that I have to live with. Yeah, and I don't even think the the Suns started off horribly offensively. Again, you scored 15 points in the first quarter, you've dug yourself a hole. But you know, they, they got better offensively as the game went on. Defensively, they were wretched all all night long. I mean, it was it was hard to watch. Again, just open corner three. If you go to NBA.com and you click the box score, you can click on the number 20 under the three-point field goals made. And I did it this morning and just watched all the made three-pointers for Dallas. And go ahead and count how many were contested. Not many. They, they've... It was shooting practice. They've also they got to figure out Doncic. I mean, they, listen, the Suns have one of the marquee defensive players in the league that that is tall enough and athletic enough to guard that guy in Mikel Bridges. They got to figure out how to not switch off of him every time the Mavericks set a, set a high screen. Yeah, because got to Don- figure out a way to keep Bridges on Doncic. Doncic will call out for who he wants to set the screen, meaning what defender does he want on him? Because that's the trend in the NBA now. And, you switch and, on everything. And let's be honest, he to- he toys with pretty much everybody else. Yeah, everybody else. And it's a it's a tough guard for Bridges too because of the the size differential in terms of you know the girth, the beef. I mean, Doncic is a big dude, and yeah. he uses his body. A lot of beef. Yeah, lots of beef. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, back to work for the Arizona Cardinals with the Patriots looming on Monday night. That is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Tim Ring in today for Bick here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I've never been a part of a season like this. It's been it's been a it's been a roller coaster for sure, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, we've had a lot of guys in and out of lineup, so it's been challenging in that regard. Uh, but again, we still have a great opportunity in front of us to, to be successful when it matters the most. You know, you want to be able to win December football. Uh, we have an opportunity to win December football. It goes into January this year, so uh, we have an opportunity to, to still put our best foot forward. And really, it's all about pride at this point. Um, it's not about uh, you know I know people don't like to hear that, but it's not about what's on the front of the jersey. It's what's on the back. 
back of the jersey. Um, it's taking pride in what you do, taking pride in your detail, taking pride in your execution. It's Calvin Beecham, offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, kudos to Calvin. Continues his stellar work in the community yesterday. Yes. Uh, had a backpack and headset microphone giveaway at Champion School South Mountain yesterday, and that was him speaking after the event. Excellent. Uh, and Calvin's one of the one of the great dudes in the community on the uh, Cardinals. But talking there about um, not ever having a season like this before playing for pride in December football. And yes, I think every NFL team, Tim, wants to win December football games. But what you do in September, October, and November matters toward the importance of December football. And what the Cardinals have failed to do is make December football important, other than what he talked about, and that is having personal pride in what you're doing. Uh, it's very disappointing. As we pointed out also, Kelvin Beecham is one of only two players on the entire Cardinals offense that played every game this season. Mm-hmm. No, you know, we've learned a lot about Kelvin Beecham this year. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, he always had this appearance of kind of a, a journeyman offensive lineman that just kind of has been plugging a hole out there at right tackle. Uh-huh. But thanks to hard knocks and the fact that he's durable and he's always out there, and we've learned he's actually one hell of a team leader. And he's a good community guy, and he's a good speaker. He's a good public speaker. He loves popcorn. He loves popcorn. <laughs> And if you're going to miss time, come up with something like appendicitis to really sell it. I've never heard it. that before. That was something I did learn from Hard Knocks. I haven't learned much from Hard Knocks, but I have learned that if you eat enough popcorn, you might be mistaken By for the appendicitis. Way, did you catch that at the end? He said it's not about the name on the front of the jersey. It's the name on the back of the jersey. Yes. Isn't that the opposite of what you're actually supposed to say? <laughs> yes, but that's how south this has gone because you, you right. have to have pride in what you're doing right. personally. It's not about the, the team. The team it's aspect hasn't worked. Right. But that's true. It is for personal pride. Yeah. <laughs> It's not no. about the team winning. I just never heard a player actually put it that way, yeah, like reverse it. Hey, it's, forget the name on the front of the jersey. It's about the guys. It's about the name on the back for me. these final five games. That's true, though. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I'm with you, Vinny. They put themselves in a position where now you have to kind of make those statements like, hey, we're playing for pride. It's The eye in the sky doesn't lie. We're getting paid. We're professionals. It's Usually when you're making those statements, it's, it's because you're four and eight, and that's what you're facing. And, and I always say like, okay, well, we'll see on Sunday, or in this case, we'll see on Monday night. We'll see, because we have seen teams. We've seen Cardinals teams with nothing to play for finish strong. We've seen Ken Wisenhunt's teams do that, mm-hmm. or at least one of them anyway. Yeah. We've seen a Bruce Arians team do that. The last Ken Wisenhunt team didn't do that. The last Ken Wisenhunt, <laughs> no, and that's why Ken Wisenhunt was, was no longer there. 58 um, nothing. But we have seen his teams do that. Mm-hmm. We've seen a BA team do that with nothing to play for. Yeah, uh, BA's, last, BA's last team. BA's last team. Yeah. He walked off uh, after a win in Seattle that he was very proud of. So I'm not saying it always happens, zombie football teams mail it in, pull apart, and play like crap down the stretch. We've seen examples of it happen both ways. All right. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. What does your gut tell you right now? Like, from what you've seen with this team and coming off of a bye with the five opponents they have, five weeks at four and eight, I would be more than mildly surprised if this is not zombie football the rest of the way. With everything that this team has dealt with for a calendar year, I would be surprised. Are you, are you on my honest opinion? Yes. I would be surprised if they no, did lie not. lie to me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> be a homer. <laughs> that they're going to go four and one. They got Hollywood Brown back. Um, I think they're probably, 
Listen, maybe they maybe they could play a game like they played against the Chargers and finish strong and actually win the Patriots game. I don't think the Patriots are unbeatable. I don't think so either. But if but if I ha- if just ju- judging by what I've seen, I would I would not be surprised if this team finished these final five with a one and four record with a one win over the Denver Broncos. I, you could convince me two and three, some combination, yeah, of two wins. Maybe the Patriots and Broncos. Maybe the Broncos and Falcons. But both those are road games. Where they're and actually I, I'd be, good. I'd be hard. For the, but that's a great point. They're actually better on the road. Here's but a, I'd be hard-pressed to think this team finishes 3-2 and two in these final five or 4-1. and one. No, they haven't. So put, I think we're talking 1-4 and four or 2-3. and three. They've not put forth one of those stretches all year. So why would you think they why would, would do you it think now? they would do it now when and there's off, very little to play for? And the offensive line isn't getting any healthier. It might be. We don't know. Um, I mean, do you think? I mean, maybe Will Hernandez comes back. I, Cliff like Kingsbury hinted last week that Rodney Hudson could be back, and oh, that's another up. question. Yeah, come that I, I don't think that's happening either. But we'll we'll get more clarification and information maybe as this week goes on. Child, please. <laughs> Kelvin Beecham. A lot of people talking about motivation. How do you keep it up at this point? You know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a pride thing. You know, um, at the end of the day, you have an opportunity uh, to go one and zero this week. And I can't speak to, to the rest of the season, but you have an opportunity to go one and zero this week. Even though as bad as our record is right now, as, as hopeless as it looks right now, there's still a very, very small hope that we can make a way to get into the, the, the tournament at the end of the year. So we can just handle one game at a time and then let the chips fall where they fall. Monday Night Football on ESPN last night, they had a graphic up uh, with the NFC playoff picture. And maybe it's because the Saints were playing, but the Saints were still off in the right column, is still in the mix. Of I know four where you're going, yeah. sniffing around. The Cardinals were not. They didn't make the graphic. The Cardinals, with the same record, were not on that graphic. I noticed oh, that. The Saints were in there because of the division they're in. I guess they could still win the division because it's so bad. But, man. <laughs> I know. That division shouldn't get a playoff team. Like, why aren't we sniffing around? We're 4-8. and eight. And they need to, like, they need to, like, take the NFL... And like shake it up, because like all the good teams are in like three divisions, and then there's like three terrible divisions. I don't like four team divisions. I don't. They play six of your seventeen games against division opponents. I don't think that's weighted heavily enough. Well, how else would you do it? Just funny. Then the two East expand. The a- AFC <laughs> and NFC East have eight teams. Nobody under five hundred. Yeah, it's nuts. And the NFC East right now has a really good shot of getting all four teams. In the playoffs. Three of them are in as we speak now, and Washington is a half game out. Washington. Ugh. Remember when we thought the AFC West was going to be that division? Where we thought the we, NFC West. We yeah, thought the be. AFC West and the NFC West were the two strongest right, the divisions two West going divisions, in, and yeah. it's been the other coast that has had the uh, advantage. All week... This week, listen to Wolf and Luke. Do it every day. Don't just do it this week, but mm-hmm. I, I'm getting to a point here. And listen for the Pantera call-out. Uh, once you hear Wolf do the call-out, dial 602-260-9870 for your chance to win tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium. Sunday, uh, Sunday, Sunday. 1st. I heard the Pantera call-out yesterday. Yeah. Wolf was a little rusty on it. Oh, he hasn't done it, it in it a took, long time. It took its toll on him. By Friday, he, he might be just spent. <laughs> we'll sell you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. <laughs> Sunday. Uh, coming up next, we'll get into some NFL hash marks. And how did Tom Brady do that last night? Well, he had some help. We'll get into it straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Beck here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Yeah, it was great. Uh, great route by Rashad. Great catch. Uh, Pirate made a great call. So it was, you know, we thought we threw the touchdown. I didn't see the the one we hit to Chris. And then uh, I thought I threw it in about a quarter of a second. I was like, how's there a hole? I told her, how's there a hole? I, threw, I caught it and threw it. And they put us back on, I think, the 15 and then still found a way. So it was a, uh, you know, great team win. Oh, Tommy. Vintage Tommy last night. <laughs> At least in the last three minutes of the game. Tom Brady throws two touchdown passes in the final three minutes. A 16-3 game turns into a 17-16 win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, They did nothing offensively. Maybe temporarily saving Byron Leftwich's job. I mean, putting three points up on the board. I was thinking about that last night, too, during that game, before the the Bucs came back and won. And by no means was it still a a pretty wretched offensive performance. Byron Leftwich... I was he was put into a really tough situation when he took over for for Mike McCoy here as the offensive coordinator with the Cardinals. So it was hard to impress there. I get it, uh, and he got some residual praise last year for being on a team in the last two years for being on a team that was loaded with Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl. I've never been all that impressed, um, and I'm a huge fan of Tom Bo- Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator. I don't know if he's got head coaching chops. Nope, he's this had opportunities. Stop. Yes. Brady threw the ball fifty four times last night. He he. He's, Thankfully, he's not human, or else his arm would be sore today. He set the NFL record for fourth quarter comebacks last night. He passed. That was the latest touchdown pass he's ever thrown in his career, too. By the way, he passed Peyton Manning for that mark. I'm sure Peyton Manning was like, took him long enough. <laughs> Forty five freaking years old. I mean, I hope so. At least I imagine that's probably what Peyton Manning would have that said. That game felt a lot like, what was it, the Rams game? Where they did nothing the entire game and then beat him at the last minute. Because I don't know what the Saints just like decide to stop playing football for the last five minutes. They of the game. literally did. There was a play, a second and eight play when yes. they had the football. They're up 16-3 to at this point. And Dalton hits Mark Ingram coming out of the backfield. And Ingram's got clear space to run to the first down. And he pulled something. He, you know, he didn't come up lame, but he also ducked out of bounds. For short, he, he, he could have been injured and still got the first down, but he ducked out a yard short. Then they inexplicably throw the ball on third down and in inches. Dennis Allen came out afterwards and said, in hindsight, we should have run it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but Ingram took all the blame. And it was a horrible looking play. He said, I, 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 even if I'm hurt, i got to be better than that for my teammates, and I'm paraphrasing. It was such a strange play to the point where, like, is he in on this? <laughs> because a first down keeps the clock moving. They scored with three seconds left. Three extra plays from scrimmage probably would have been enough for the Saints to hold on and win that game. And he didn't make that play. I'd be so frustrated if I was a Saints fan. And if the Buccaneers don't come back and win that game, I mean, they're 5-7. and seven. I mean, that that division, which is already pretty ugly as it is with the Buccaneers being 6-6 six and six on top of it, if, if they don't come back to win that game, I mean, they're 5-7 they're and seven on top of the, of, the, of the division. The Falcons are 5-8. and eight. Now, they're, they're probably going to be... I mean, whatever they win that division at, it's going to be an ugly record, but they yes. get to host a playoff game. Yes. Another reason I don't like four-team divisions. 
going back to the previous statement. Because you get teams that aren't deserving of having a home playoff game. I mean, one of the ones that comes to mind was, you know, the, the Beast Quake game. The Seattle Seahawks had an under 500 record that year. Yep. And got to host that game against New Orleans because they won a terrible division. You can make the case, you'll just get in the tournament, anything can happen. No, I'm pretty sure Brady and the Bucks will be one and done. Yep. Here's uh, Todd Bowles. Great job, great execution. You know, seems like we can only score the last part of the ball game. Uh, we sputtered around a couple quarters, but uh, the leadership Tom shows, the receivers did a great job, every one of them, running backs, Rashad and Lenny, uh, the O-line got the job done, and, you know, Kate played well. They did good in the last part of the game. Yeah, they got to figure something out because that offense is broken for for most of the game, and they're still in first place. It's crazy. And the, and the Saints are a bad football team. Now let's not forget that aspect of what happened last night, too. I mean, you didn't rally to, to beat the Bills here. No, remember what the Cardinals challenged offense did against the Saints yes. on Thursday night football. Um, elsewhere in the league, Baker Mayfield Waived yesterday by the Carolina Panthers after making six starts for the Panthers. Um, everybody's like, hey, 49ers, they need a quarterback, right? Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. It's not lip service when they tell me they really are impressed by this guy. Since he came in in April through the draft, his work ethic, his footwork, his mechanics, they really like him to the point where Nate Sudfeld, a veteran quarterback, they gave $2 million in guaranteed money to this offseason and then moved on from him because they wanted Purdy on their roster. Now, most people around the league I speak to expect the 49ers to at least evaluate and look at Baker Mayfield now that he's available. He'll be on the waiver wire tomorrow. The 49ers pick 25th on the waiver wire. So Mayfield has $1.4 million in guaranteed money left on his contract. If they don't want to pay that, then they can wait, maybe hope he comes, becomes a free agent, try to negotiate with him then. So there's a chance they bring him in. But they do like Purdy and trust him to manage some games for him if he has to. Yeah, Mike Tannenbaum, former GM in the NFL, now works for ESPN, says, yeah, Mayfield, that's not going to happen. I don't think that Baker Mayfield makes it to San Francisco at 25. So basically, after the trade deadline, all veterans are subject to waivers. And I don't think he makes it to 25. If you're a Houston, Indy, New Orleans, take a free look at a guy that could be your quarterback a year from now. There's no downside. It's $1.3 million. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but 20, getting to 25 on the waiver priority order, I mean, there's going to be teams that step in just to prevent San Francisco from getting him because of what he might be able to do. But, you know, we talked about it yesterday, that Brock Purdy thing. He doesn't have a lot on his plate. His his charge right now is don't screw up. We can run the football, and we got a great defense. Don't turn the ball over. Don't kill us. And that's what he did on Sunday against Miami. Also, is Baker Mayfield good enough to trump the guy who's been in the system no. since July? No. And Baker Mayfield, what, I mean, he's he's been turnover-prone during his career. Hey, Jared, his decision-making always hasn't been great. Jared, also, what's the uh, what's the old Johnny Carson game you play sometime? Karnak? Yeah, Karnak. Okay, Karnak. Here's, here's my Karnak. Oh, come on! Give me a break! Come on, give me a break. What does uh, Christian McCaffrey say when Baker Mayfield walks into the 49er locker room? <laughs> Not you again. <laughs> Man, I thought I got rid of you. From you. <laughs> I, thought I thought a Kit Kat joke was coming. I, That's what I was expecting. I thought, I thought the punchline was to be, what does Christian McCaffrey say no. once or twice a year when he turns no. wrong on his leg? Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. It's hurt. Now you've put it out into the universe, Jarrett. <laughs> Um, But I think Tannenbaum brings up an interesting point. Houston looks like, you know, the Davis Mills experience uh, experiment is over. He had his opportunity. Uh, He's already been been shown the door. Kyle Allen started for the Texans on Sunday. 
The Saints still have quarterback issues. Uh, obviously, Jameis Winston is not their future. Andy Dalton certainly is not their future. And Taysom Hill's playing tight end. Why not kick the tires on Baker Mayfield? And the Colts was the other team. But isn't it amazing? We're talking about Baker Mayfield, who was the number one pick the year before the Cardinals got Kyler Murray. And look where he is in his career, going on his third team. Who won a playoff game two years ago. Won a playoff game two years ago. You guys, is Baker Mayfield the answer for everybody, or has, has, have people seen enough? I mean, how many chances do you need, do you get? I mean, we can, we can run down the list of top three picks at quarterback who have flat-out failed in this league. Yes. I mean, look at just look at recent five-year history. But was his exit from Cleveland warranted? That's the because weird thing. We go back to last year, and 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 we all on this show applauded Baker Mayfield for being tough and playing through injury. It hurt his performance. Ended up costing him his job. Very few top pick busts that we talk about were actually fairly good at one point. Like he's the exception. He was actually pretty good that one year. Yeah, Sam Darnold has he ever been good? No, no. Has Zach I mean, Wilson ever been good? No. Was Josh Rosen ever good? Yeah, I mean, like Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf. Like none of these guys were actually they were never ever good. good. You're right. Baker Mayfield was a, a winning quarterback for a, one brief shining moment. <laughs> <laughs> he had his day in the sun. I mean, then at some point. At some point, you got to get it done again, though. You want to blame the Panthers, the horrible organization, as a reason why he didn't get it done in Carolina? I don't know. He's going to get another shot. I mean, that we can all yes. agree on. Yes, absolutely. Because so. quarterbacks are, <laughs> they, they don't grow on trees. I mean, know that. Josh, how many shots did Josh Rosen get? Oh, well, they, it was a bad situation. Bad situation. We, we're going to give him a shot. It's a difference between getting a shot as a third stringer or a practice squad guy and getting a shot as, hey, run this offense. Well, at worst, Baker Mayfield is going to make a lot of money as a backup quarterback in this league probably for 10 years. Josh Rosen. You know what I miss? Cliff Kingsbury's Kish. I miss those commercials where he lived in the stadium. He might have to learn. I know. Give him maybe. <laughs> he's always got a career as a pitch man. He's actually he's really, very, really good, good on, on TV. Yes. He's uh, coming up next, if Luca Aho, the sun's a garden. Let's get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ringen for Bick here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.